Have you heard about the great feud between the pastor and the organist? The two just couldn't seem to get along. The story goes like this. The pastor preached a sermon on dedicating yourselves to service. On that day, the organist wanted to annoy the pastor. So the choir sang the old classic tune, I Shall Not Be Moved. The pastor wanted to think it was a coincidence, but the next Sunday, this turmoil between the pastor and the organist only seemed to grow. The sermon that day was about giving. Afterward, the choir squirmed a bit as the organist led the choir in the hymn, Jesus Paid It All. By this time, the pastor was realizing he had a problem. Sunday morning, worship attendance began to grow as people showed up to try to figure out what was going to happen between these two. The pastor preached a sermon about gossiping. And would you believe it? The organist selected the favorite and familiar piece, I Love to Tell the Story. Things were going from bad to worse for these two. And the following Sunday, the pastor told the congregation that unless something changed, he was considering resignation. The entire church gasped when the choir sang the old revivalist number, Why Not Tonight? (laughs) Truthfully, no one was surprised the following week when the pastor resigned. He said, Jesus called him here. And Jesus has now called him away, and the organist couldn't resist. He led the choir in, what a friend we have in Jesus. (laughs) Oh, my. Isn't it fun to laugh together again? It's such a great joy to be back in this sacred sanctuary, and it's such a great joy to work with such a talented and cohesive staff. We all support each other. We care about each other. We work well together. And we trust that our new organist, Grant Helmer, starting on June 1st, will be part of this great team. Today is Pentecost, and it is really the perfect day to reconvene our in-person worship in this wonderful space following this long hiatus from the pandemic. Pentecost marks, as you know, the birthday of the church. Pentecost uh, marks that time when the Spirit's power appeared in this vivid experience to enthuse and to inspire God's people in faith and in life, in worship and in work in the world. Listen to the story now. of Pentecost, it comes to us from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews among 
every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they said, are not all these speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea, Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Theologian and scholar Willie James Jennings says that the book of Acts is about nothing less than a revolution. The revolution of God's Spirit unleashed on God's people so that they can carry on the powerful and all-important work of Jesus in the world. And that Spirit intends, indeed, to turn the world upside down a revolution he calls it a revolution turning the world into God's world of justice and joy of redemption and delight of peace and love and hope for everyone you might recall how the book of Genesis that first book of the Bible opens it says the wind from God the Spirit hovered over the formless void and the darkness. It hovered and moved to create life. The Spirit moved, swept across the waters, and God spoke, and creation came into being. From nothing, then, beautiful, amazing creation. It was God's Spirit at work. And then in Acts, the Acts of the Apostles in the New Testament, following the death and the ascension of Jesus, which we talked about last week, which also created an immense void in the hearts of the disciples, the Spirit comes again, hovering, sweeping in with power and purpose. We have a depiction of that Spirit at work in these banners, God's Spirit inspiring, moving among us, claiming us, empowering us, sending us these flames of the Spirit, the wind and the movement of the Spirit intend to direct all of us in new ways, the ways of God, the ways of God in revolution in the world. The Spirit intends to be at work in all of us, all our days. All through the Bible, wind and fire are familiar 
images of how God appears, of how God works. Wind and fire, and now in this passage, language, remember, are effective images about how God gets our attention. This is God touching the frightened and perplexed disciples in this story, taking hold of tongue and voice, of mind and heart, of body and spirit. God has come to them. God has come on them. God has come to be with them. This moment wants to show us that actually all of life, all of our lives, are meant to be about God's spirit and God's important redemption work in the world. The word for today, a word that speaks to my own heart in these times, on this day of Pentecost, is the word tuned. Are we tuned to God's Spirit? The vivid images of Pentecost that we have here, wind and tongues of fire, languages being understood clearly, all remind us that our lives are to be tuned to God's work, God's presence, God's spirit. There's so many signs of being out of tune, like the pastor and the organist in that story. When we're out of tune with God's spirit, we spend lots of energy on silly and fruitless things. When we're out of tune with God's Spirit, we tend to function in the world in ways that run counter to God's presence and God's plans. The story of Pentecost, the coming of the Spirit in wind and fire and language, tuned the disciples to the ways of God and to the work of God in the world. They were just ordinary people trying to figure out life But Pentecost tuned them with the character of Jesus, with the convictions of Jesus, with the commitments of Jesus, even with the power of Jesus. So think about this word tuned and the coming of the Spirit. When we are out of tune with the Spirit of God, we find ourselves too often lost perplexed we become more selfish we become more fearful we become probably more judgmental we become more brittle unable to adjust to the changes and the challenges that come our way when we're out of tune with God's spirit we have a hard time seeing Christ in the face of others have a hard time listening because we're so busy talking. When we're out of tune with God's Spirit, we have a hard time empathizing with others because we're so focused on our own situations, trying to gain for ourselves, and we have a very hard time sharing and serving. We know about this when we're honest with our lives. As Ginger reminds us, honest with our lives, we confess our waywardness every Sunday in the confession. We're actually confessing our out-of-tunedness in that prayer of confession. 
when we're out of tune, we're often angry or rude or insensitive. When we're out of tune, we're harsh and unforgiving toward ourselves and toward others. Where do you think you are most out of tune with the Spirit of God? I keep thinking about that cold and seemingly heartless face of Derek Chauvin as he had his knee on the neck of George Floyd. It's really easy to condemn Chauvin and think that we're not like that. But the coming of the Spirit, the revolution of the Spirit, wants us to look deep into our own hearts and realize we can be cold and heartless also. We may not have put a knee on someone's neck, but we have been part of a society that has long had a knee on the neck of others. We have to always be open to the Spirit claiming us, calling us, and we have to be in tune with our lives for God's work and we're called to love and serve for God's justice and for God's purposes in everything we're about. That's the coming of the Spirit. I keep thinking about our heritage in this church. So much of our heritage is about faith and commitment and serving God in the city and around the world. But we also have a heritage that has been full of oppression and inequity. And we have missed opportunities through the decades for God's justice and joy for all God's people. The Spirit of God expects that we're always seeking to tune our lives more in line with God's revolutionary ways of light and love and justice for everyone. So we have to keep working on this. You and I, always, forever, tuning our lives toward God. I keep thinking about the hard lines that politicians keep drawing in every seeming conversation and debate. I keep thinking about the divisions that border walls create in our world or the number of people in our prison system or how the church has excluded or alienated so many people across the ages or the degradation of the planet. To be tuned to God's spirit means to take seriously all these important issues that confront us in these days. We have to know in new and fresh ways that God's spirit is always coming over us, coming to us, coming to be with us, to call us to different lives, different purposes, God's purposes that absolutely promote healing and hope and justice and joy for the whole earth, for the reign of God everywhere. Here's how one theologian puts it. If Christianity is simply about being nice, I am not interested. What happened to radical Christianity that turned the world upside down? What happened to the kind of Christians whose hearts were on fire and had no fear, like in the book of Acts? 
who spoke the truth, who made the world uncomfortable, and who were willing to follow Jesus wherever Jesus went. Friends, the coming of the Spirit is so much more than a nice story depicted in these banners. The coming of the Spirit is about tuning our lives to God, being tuned in to God's love, God's presence, God's call, God's purposes. The coming of the Spirit intends to revolutionize our lives. More love, more peace, more grace, more kindness, more forgiveness, more attention to justice, more vitality in the redeeming of the world. This is our calling. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on all of us and move us to new and deeper ways of living and loving as Christ's disciples. Amen.